Welcome to the Seriously Social Podcast with your host, Simone Douglas. Our guest this episode is researcher Ruth Sims from UniSA. She chats with Simone about her research into the phenomenon of followership, about how to empower your colleagues, and about the relationship between leaders and followers. So uh, today on the Seriously Social podcast, I'm joined by Ruth Sims, who's currently completing a PhD at UniSA and associated with the Centre for Workplace Excellence. And I am super excited to have Ruth here because she's going to talk to us about a concept that I had never heard of before um, I had a conversation with her a couple of months ago, and that is followership. So can you just give us the Cliff Notes version of what that is Well, we think we know a lot about leaders and leadership. Mm -hmm. We assume, um, and I always start in the leader place because people are comfortable there and followership, people kind of go, you what? Can you say that again? Um, So we've got an idea that we know what leaders do in organisations, but we know very little about what followers do and what good followership is. We assume Mm -hmm. that people kind of know um, how to follow. Yeah. We assume that it's might be the same as being a good employee. Um, and it's not, it's more than that. It's about what do, um, what does followership bring to the relationship yeah. with leaders and leadership? And if someone's leading, what does following look like and how do you make that really good so mm-hmm. that what's happening in an organization is the best possible work that it can be and the best possible relationship um, and it's a lot more fluid we mm-hmm. we think of leaders um, still very often we've got a kind of old-fashioned notion that leaders are very special people they do very special things um, to other people <laughs> to other people I think <laughs> They're that, the that's the distinction yeah. um, hopefully we're moving more to with other yeah. people but what fascinates me about followership is what are those people doing? And what do they think they're doing when they're following? So it's yeah. not imposing a view on people engaged in followership. Mm-hmm. It's finding out what that is for the people who are doing it. And it's then very fluid. So leading yeah. and following is not connected necessarily to a role, yeah. um, to a position in a hierarchy. Mm. It's about different sorts of behaviours that relate to each other and together do good things in the workplace. Yeah, cool. So when you say different sorts of behaviours, what kinds of behaviours would you identify as one or the other? And that's a broad question. Yeah, and the really interesting thing is that often when we start seeing people in um, in a in a leadership relationship doing good followership, we go, oh, they're proactive. Mm, okay. um, they're they're thinking for themselves. They're showing leadership. Uh-huh. You immediately we we jump there. We relabel, and it, I'm though. kind of going, no, let's just hold on to followership for a while mm-hmm. because. What I think I'm finding through the interviews Mm -hmm. that I've done um, and what I'm hoping to test in terms of a a survey shortly is that followership seems to have a couple of dimensions to it. There are two key bits. One of those is about deference. Mm -hmm. So it's about stepping back and allowing the leader to lead. Yeah, cool. And the other bit of that is about support. And mm-hmm. so that's about stepping up yeah. and helping the leader do what they're doing. And then those two things don't have to be connected to no. a role. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in a lot of really healthy relationships, they'll move. They're interchangeable. Absolutely. Yeah. But 
Followership is not just leadership find and replace. Mm -hmm. It is doing something that supports that relationship and that dynamic. Um, And it can tip over into leadership. Mm -hmm. And leaders may step back. And you'll have seen in in meetings... um, even quite formal meetings, somebody chairs the meeting and others in the room allow that person to do that. Yeah. Um, it's not that they couldn't do it. Mm. Some of them might do it better, <laughs> but they allow, they allow that to happen in order for the work to be yeah. done. And I think it's that kind of, it's those kind of activities that are really interesting. Yeah. So it's, as a, I guess, a business owner and someone that manages people a lot and engages with people a lot, I think for me, one of the things that I find fascinating about the concept of followership is that I tend to cultivate that quite naturally these days. If I go back to my 20s, I would have been awful at it. I was very good at being a directive like leader that says, you will do this. Why haven't you done this? What's happening? Whereas these days, you know, I've, I've taken on board probably reading too many business books and God knows what else. But, you know, I like to hear what all of the team has to say Mm. and I'm very aware if I haven't heard somebody's voice because um, you know what you were saying before in terms of people stepping up and supporting the outcomes for the organization or otherwise you know it's often about making sure that every voice voice is heard to build that cohesion so that then they're all happy to follow me because they've all spoken their piece they're all um, but you know what what are some of the challenges perhaps to the more egocentric leader um, if they're looking to cultivate healthy followership or, or you know, one that is good for the organisation? I think that being prepared to listen to other voices mm-hmm. is really important. And the, the folk that I interviewed, one of the questions I asked was, have you always thought about followership the same way? Or was there a turning point for you? And quite often um, people could point to a turning point and very often it was when they were in their first formal leadership role and all of a sudden they had to think differently about how that would work and what what they had to do well as a leader but also what they had to do well as a follower. Um, So it is about when you're in a leadership role allowing that space Mm -hmm. um, and being curious. I think, and really wanting to know. Um, From a followership perspective, um, it's really active. So it's not about um, even necessarily waiting to be asked, although Mm. some people will need to wait and need to be asked. Um, But it is about actually being quite active in Mm. that relationship and that role and providing that either when it's required or when it's asked for. So there's the notion of courageous followership, which has been around for a long time. But it's, um, and Ira Chalif, um is the, the person who really uh, named this and popularised it. Um, and it's that notion that being a follower is, is about being very active mm. um, and sometimes about saying and doing things that in that moment the leader doesn't necessarily want. Yeah. And I think being a good leader um, is about allowing space for that because yeah. it's not about leader and follower as much as it's about leadership mm, and followership. followership. Yeah, yeah. No, that totally makes sense to me and I think um, you know, sometimes in our office we jokingly call those moments career-limiting moves, but it's because we know that they're not really. Um, and I think uh, the challenge for a leader, particularly an egocentric one that's maybe still developing some EQ and learning how to be exceptional, 
uh, is about understanding that your voice doesn't have to be the loudest. In fact, you will be more successful if it's not. Um, because I think then you create that space for the rest of your team. And then from their perspective, they feel empowered then to use their brains. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, so step up in their own ways and do their own things, contributing to where we're all going. Uh, and there's this really magical thing that I find happens in teams in all of my businesses, usually at about the three-year mark. I don't know why. So I'll start a business, and I suppose because the first 12 months is ridiculously painful when you kind of flat out. Um, and the second 12 months, you're kind of finding your feet and going, what, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? But the three-year mark, it's I tend to get to this place where I literally just open up the doors and I'm like, now... Now, now I need to know from all of you guys, how do, how do we go where we're going? How do we get there? What haven't I thought about? What, you know, all of these kinds of things. And I had a really fun day with the team at the Duke of Brunswick on Monday um, because I asked them to do two exercises. So I said, you know, let's start with the, the positives. I want you to write down the four attributes that you think every member of the team has to have. Okay, so you have to be able to exhibit all four of these uh, in order to work here and so that you know they came up with like 20 words and we eventually got down to four uh, and that was all very nice and you know fairly common exercise and they said right write down the four words um, that you think if if somebody applying for a job here exhibits even one of them I'm not going to be allowed to hire them so write down the four things whatever those four things are and you know they got to things like um, you know, negative attitude, lazy, um, you know, uh, excuse culture, all of these kinds of things. So I had the four words. And um, then I said to them, okay, in the last week of you doing your job, in the last week, you know, of, of the pub, I want you to think about those four negative words. I want you to personally give yourself a score based on how many times you exhibited one of those characteristics that you've said, I can't hire somebody if they exhibit even one. And everyone went very quiet. But I said to myself, so, you know, I can't measure that. I can't hold you to account on that. The only person that can do that is you. Um, But, yeah, it was just – it was a fascinating way of, like, kind of flipping it on the head because I've seen seen the change since then as well. Uh, So one of the things that I found fascinating about that process is, like, when you see the aha moment drop for all of them Mm. and then they they – know what they're doing then yes like I, don't, I have to get out of their way at that point because yeah and I think that common purpose is really important mm. so you know that classic definition of leadership it's influencing others to achieve a common purpose well it is mm. um uh and the and the common purpose is absolutely vital mm-hmm. in an organization but it's also that um being able to relax enough so you're not the hero leader yeah um and i think um for a lot of people who take on leadership roles their real aha moment is when they go i don't have to know all the answers all the time about everything yeah and that's a real relief yeah because nobody can you yeah. know every it is far too complicated for one person mm. to be in that role constantly um and so what you're describing with your team is is a leader who's able to relax enough to allow others to show leadership yeah. Um, and for a group of people who are often in followership roles, able to pick up mm. 
leadership, um, which means you're flipping into a followership. That's exactly state yeah. at times. Yeah. Um, and I think if we move away from that, um, the heroic notion of leadership, we get a lot closer to leadership which incorporates followership Mm -hmm. and it is about relationships in order to do whatever it is that the organization is intended for absolutely and i think it's one of those things too that um i well i could be wrong because i haven't been to uni for a very long time but you know they don't we don't have enough robust conversations about these things in business school, mm-hmm. I don't think, unless something's changed in the last 10 years. But uh, My mission is to bring followership in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that's really important because, I, you know, when we were having the conversation a couple of months ago and you said, oh, I'm researching followership, I'm like, what's that? Because, again, it's that, for me, it's, it was almost evangelical in terms of, you know, the concept of, Yes, you you can't have a leader if you don't have followers and vice versa. And a healthy workplace culture will mean that they are fluid and interchangeable and many people will step into either role or both and. Um, so how do you think uh, the followers can support cultivating a leader that allows those things to take place? Uh, I think sometimes as followers we can be really tough on Mm -hmm. leaders Um, and I think often when we do that as followers um, we forget that actually as followers we hold the power Um, so we often and in business school we're taught that um, you know the leader is terribly important and has access to all these resources and is able to, you know, um, distribute them and yeah. that, you know, that makes a leader powerful. Well, there's, there is some real truth in that, but a leader doesn't lead without followers and yeah. followers choose to follow. Mm. So I think often followers um, can be really hard on leaders, expect too much of them, yeah. expect them to be heroic when followers are not um, prepared to be active participants. It's yeah. much easier to, to complain about yeah. what's happening over there. Um, if you take uh, followership seriously, um you're in there and you're committed and you're doing um, Mm. and it's very active and it's very powerful which is a challenge to those more egocentric leaders Mm -hmm. but in terms of where you see organizations and teams and organizations working well that tends to be what you see yeah so yeah I think followers do need uh, being supportive is not being a doormat yeah no, absolutely, and that's a great concept too, I think, because in our society we're often told, you know, nice guys finish last, you know, um, and that whole doormat concept. And it's like, oh, you can't be a nice human being and um, look after your own needs at the same time. There's all these kind of like different societal undertones that happen. Uh, but it's been my experience that, you know, working within a team environment whether it's as the leader or as, as as a follower, just remember that all of the people were human beings. And so, you know, yes, I might have been a bit short with you today, but that's because I didn't sleep last night because I had to stand down 10 of my staff thanks to COVID or whatever it might be. Or, you know, I know that I have a tough conversation because I have to ask my team to take a pay cut for, like, the foreseeable future. 
you know, so business owners and leaders, they have all of these different pressures, um, but we don't share them and we don't talk about them enough, I think, which doesn't empower our followers to actually support us because they don't understand. No. So I think that there's a huge opportunity when you're prepared to, as a leader, be seen and be vulnerable and be honest, then that opens the gateway for your followers to really step up and actively participate and support you because they know what's going on. So, uh, yeah. And it may then be that the followers you don't want in your team Mm. are the folk who go, just tell me what to do. Mm. They may they they may be perfect in another environment, but they may not be the followers that you need yeah. in in this environment yeah. now. So I think leaders and followers do choose each other mm. um, to a certain extent. There are organisations that are much more hierarchical. Yeah. Um, they're not going to have the sort of leadership and followership that you're describing. So there's probably a little bit of self selection happens there Absolutely. as well. So if we wanted to read more about what you have to say about followership or keep track of your research as it's getting released, um, where would we go find all those things? Uh, at the moment, I don't have anything published, but mm-hmm. I'm, a- I'm active on LinkedIn. Yeah, cool. So I tend to uh, publish blog posts, small opinion pieces mm-hmm. on there, and I'll certainly make the academic work yep. available through that as well. Um, that's probably a good place to that's be finding a great me place. at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Ruth, thanks very much for joining me on the Red Chairs. Thank you. Thoroughly enjoyed our chat, and uh, we'll make sure that we share your LinkedIn profile link when we release the podcast. Thank you so Cheers. much. It's been Thanks. good. Thank you for listening to the Seriously Social podcast. See our website for more details at www.socialmediaaok.com.au/podcast. Check the show notes for credits, music used in the program, and more details about our guests.